Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Characters. Sir, all missiles have been fired. I'm your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred. And I'm Chris. Big Papa Pump! Gossidus. Oh, Big Papa Pump, if you hear him, if you feel it, comic stuff! Hey man, how is it going? Hey yo, what up though? Look at us, look at us doing multiple episodes in the same month. Uh, can you believe it? It's it's going to keep happening, I think. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> this sounds more like a threat, but all right. Yeah, a little bit of both. Little, Just like just like Star-Lord said, a little bit of both. Um, all right, man. Before we jump into the episode, I do want to thank all of our listeners out there in the CBC universe. Ooh, we appreciate you. We appreciate, especially when you guys leave us five-star reviews on Spotify. I don't actually know if they allow like a number system but the reviews in general that's great and then on apple uh i did check we are still popping up on the apple feed so that's good and yeah. uh, actually we're actually we're even up <laughs> on the idea. google thing now we're up on the Art. google music or whatever it's called okay yeah so that's good i don't how know much, why though much, and i've, I've how said, much of that do you think is like the chat gpt and all the other ais listening to us i don't know man but hey if we get on their side now yeah. not a bad thing yeah i for one welcome our robot overlords ultron bring it on man ultron <laughs> all the time is what i'm saying no strings on me either <laughs> baby boy <laughs> uh, you know what the funny thing is though a little bit behind the curtains uh so if you actually look at our podcast feed on Apple platform, mm-hmm. it still has our old logo. <laughs> oh, no. Which is the one where you have sticky noted your face yeah. on top of Ig's face, <laughs> which is hilarious. And I love it. Like, Shout out to Daddy Boy. I've tried to get them to change it. I don't know how many times. They just won't. Do it. They're just not going to do it. So I think uh, you need to purchase an uh, iPad Pro to get them to do it. Maybe. That's like, and that's like, you know, tipping the bouncer at the door. Yeah, that's probably what it is. I'm probably not integrated enough into the Apple ecosystem is probably why. We got to butter those palms. But uh, honestly, I, I kind of like it because it's really funny. That's a really funny logo. <laughs> we should make that. We should just make that into a shirt. Man, yeah. The retro shirt for the OG True Believers. For the OG True Oh, man, that reminds me. I didn't even put this on the Slack, but... Um, Head over to tpublic.com and type in comic book characters. It'll bring you to our store page. And we've got a new shirt. Okay. And now this might... <laughs> we're we're going to talk about Ant-Man uh, on this episode. It's going to be a review episode, of course, for Ant-Man, Quantumania, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, but the shirt is in kevin we trust and i think some of people might be like well do we though after after the movie i don't know uh that's not necessarily my take i just you know it had a precipitous drop in the second week but we're gonna get into that um but that does not take away from the fact that uh, i think this was uh chris if, actually and i don't have this up so if you want to look at it i would appreciate it but it's either sure. the 31st or 33rd marvel film Oh, yeah. I think it's 31st. 31st I will definitely is, check on it. is yeah. what I'm thinking. But regardless, 31 movies in a row debuting at number one. You can say that this is maybe, you know, we're, phase four was the beginning of the, of, the, of the downslide for Marvel Studios. That might end up being true. We don't know. But 
30 plus films debuting at number one. Literally unprecedented. Uh, I'm not trying to give them more credit than they deserve and Kevin more credit than he deserves, but they, he and they deserve a ton of credit because that's wild. Yeah. But we, we, that's have, we have the shirts over at Tee Public in uh, Kevin We Trust. It's a really nice design that we both uh, collaborated on to, to, to bring to life. Although I will say you did much more of the leg work uh, on that one. I, I, how dare you? I use my hands. Okay. That'd be that'd be pretty impressive if I use Photoshop with my legs, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> you, know, you could probably OnlyFans that somehow. Hey, that's an idea. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, on that note, what's good, man? Oh, oh, snap. Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a drop for this yet. Oh, I, yeah, I do. What I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I got some speakers. Mm. Like, uh, I got the. You recommended the Edifers. Shout out. Yep, Edifers. Whatever. Uh, I got them kind of like a, a cut rate from a good old fucking GameStop for some reason. What? They had them. They had them about fifty dollars less. <laughs> wow. That <laughs> Bluetooth editions. Yeah. Color me surprised. I didn't even know GameStop carried edifiers at all. Like that seems sus. It's some sort. You got to know some sort of refurbished Best Buy kind of backdoor bullshit going on. But I yeah. got them. Nice. What do you think? Nice. They bump. Yeah. They're great. It's great. I was, uh, uh, not to, don't mean to cut you off, but like, just real quick, I literally was at the other house that I'm moving into, and I already have the yeah. record player set up over there. Got gotcha. the edifiers set up. That was literally the first thing I brought into the house. <laughs> and so I, got, I had some Rihanna playing earlier. All right. All right. You know, got a little bit of that Rihanna feel from the Super Bowl. Kind of got me. I was like, man, she's pregnant and is like a thousand feet in the air. <laughs> Floating on a on a Smash Bros stage like that's wild. So I got really into. I got picked up a Rihanna album and that's man, what it was. It was Final Destination. Holy shit! But uh, but it was good. It was uh, it sounds. I mean, you know, it sounds really good. Are you going to go to the record show this weekend? Yes, I think I have to. Oh uh, man, I will uh, see you there. My initiation. I think I'll complete it. I will see you there, sir. I, <laughs> here's you, man. Here's what, a little what, tip. What you, here's a little tip. I'm going to go into what's yeah. good for me, but like, here's a little tip. And to all you record connoisseurs out there, I know that's not what this pod is about. But just let me give you a little tip because this, I'm telling you, it gets overwhelming and um, and you just find too much stuff you like. So kind of like going to Vegas. When you go to a record convention, you got to have a certain dollar amount in your pocket, in your mm. mind that you're going to spend. You know you're going to lose it. Like that money's gone. Right. But you need to not have more than that amount of money on you. And you can't go to the ATM. You got to be like, you know, 100 bucks, 50 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is. It can be whatever the amount you're comfortable with. Mm. But you just got to lock it in and then do not go over that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if if you ever do get like too shit faced too, like I'm assuming there's like free Heineken at this event. Um, I mean, it's probably Coors. Let's bartender right. always has some blow. Just level you right back out. Yeah. 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 Right. You uh, said it's like Vegas up in there. It's like Vegas up in there. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the sports book. Just watch all the guys losing their minds. Oh Play man. Money line bet. Man, just just uncut gemsing it left and right. Yeah, man. Oh, man, good thing we got the tip off. <laughs> We've been fucked and we didn't get that one. Uh, but what's good? Um, yeah, man. Uh, what you? Uh, golly, I don't even know. 
I don't know what I've been doing recently. I've just been working. Uh, that that's not what the segment's about, man. Okay, actually, no, 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 no. Okay, so as as up. you know, as you know, no, no, no. This is real. Um, as you know, I'm a collector of a lot of shit, like too much shit. I have too much yeah. stuff. I already everybody knows that. But like my main core tenets of like things that I like that I collect are like Spurs, like movies, video games. I know that's very general, but like comics and records, right? So it's like those things. But they all yeah. ebb and flow. Like, you know, during the season of basketball, I tend to, to engage in the Spurs stuff more. And then when it's off season, then maybe I move into the comics more. But for whatever reason, I got bit by the comic bug early in this year. Yeah, And I've decided, like, I'm going after every comic book that I've ever thought was cool in my life that I don't own. So, like, I picked up, and for you, like, true comic sickos out there, I'm going to say the title, and you're already going to know, but I'm going to tell everybody else. Tomb of Dracula, number 10. Okay. First appearance of Blade. Oh, shit! And... So, I mean, that's great. So, here's a little trivia fact for all you lovely Wesley Snipes fans out there. And, hey, man, the Blade Blade 1 and Blade 2 especially are really great movies, and I love them a lot. Uh, Blade in the comic books is British. So, that's interesting. That's a hmm. funny thing. So, whenever you read his dialogue in the comic, he's meant to be British. Um, Boy, mate. <laughs> a little bit. Boy. Yeah, blimey. A little bit. Oh, yeah. A little bit like that. And then, oh, but here's the crazy one, man. And then we'll get in. I promise we'll get into the pod like proper but i got journey into mystery 84 okay okay so journey into mystery 83 is the first appearance of thor all right and like huh? so in comic books they go from well really it's 0.5 to 10.0 there's technically a 0.3 but it's super rare um but it goes on a scale from basically 1 to 10 you know basically and Oh, number uh, uh, Journey into Mystery 83 graded in a 1.0, right? One of the lowest grades you can get. You're still looking at about five grand easy. So I got Journey into Mystery 84, which is the second appearance of Thor and the first appearance of our wondrous queen, Natalie Portman herself, Jane Foster, first appearance. And I got this book, dude. I'm gonna. I'm probably boring the shit out of everybody that's listening to this. And I'm very sorry if I am. But there it, are seven people salivating. Okay, right? but there's yeah, those seven people are like in it. So this book I got, it was graded at a 1.5. Okay, mm-hmm. now just to give you a frame of reference, a 0.5. So worst condition got listed on eBay today. For five hundred and fifty dollars and sold immediately <laughs> for a point five zero point five. This it, copy that I got is a one point five. Uh-huh. It was a it was buy it now or make an offer, and I threw out a ludicrous um, dollar amount of like two hundred dollars. Okay, okay, a point five just sold for five fifty, and that was a good deal. I got the 1.5 for 200 bucks, dude. They accepted the offer. Damn. All right. So, so like, go. that's, I mean, again, for a lot of the fans, they're listening that y'all are just like into the movies and the shows and stuff, which is great. And I love that y'all are. Uh, but if you're a comic collector, I mean, you know what an amazing grab that was. And it's, it's, 
really reinvigorated me into like grabbing like specific issues and stuff. So now is this all the are you assembling like some sort of infinity stones kind of like a metaphor here? Are you trying to like get all these to flip them and go after the big prize? Uh, Base Vance 15, right? So, uh, I don't know if I told you this, but like at the end of last year, I actually what I acquired was a singular page from Amazing Fantasy 15. Oh, yes, I remember this. But it is literally the page where Uncle Ben dies, <laughs> which I think is the most important page in all of Spider-Man's comic history. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know if it's a flip situation, but I am having fun collecting these things like they are Infinity Gems or Stones. Nice. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, man, you know who else is collecting uh, unnecessary things like they are Infinity Gems and Stones. <laughs> Who's that, sir? That would be uh, Disney. Um, they are collecting Star Wars projects like they're going oh, wow. out of style. Because um, here's the thing. What has kind of like been the main complaint of the last, I don't know, 10-ish years of Star Wars shit? What what do you think has been the main complaint? Other than Ray, other than Ray, just pre- like oh, I know Ray as a character is something that a lot of people complain about, but like certain demographic, yeah, yeah. I don't mean like a character; I just mean like in general. If you had oh. to guess, uh, a bunch of new shit happening. Very yes, on that on that track, too much new shit happening. Okay, too much Star Wars going on. Right, we've got Mandalorian, we've got Book of Boba Fett, which is also kind of the Mandalorian, and then we got more Mandalorian, and they were gonna do a Mando! They, were, they were gonna do a rogue squadron, and then we've got fucking Andor, which is again my favorite Star Wars anything. It's fine, it's amazing that it's there and everyone should go watch it. Um but a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of Star Wars stuff. There's gonna be a Sokatano show coming out. There's Yeah, you know, God, I mean there's just a lot. And so we all kind of thought we were all under the idea, especially after like Solo, a Star Wars story didn't do terribly well financially. Um, we thought like, oh, okay, maybe they're finally gonna like pull back a little. Like, there's a lot of rumblings about Marvel pulling back a little. Like, not quite so many shows, not quite so many movies in one year, which I think is a good idea. I thought they were gonna do the same thing with Star Wars, but they were just like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, nope. Because. This is no. This is a rumor, but mm-hmm. but it is from uh, the sffgazette.com, uh, which has broken other Street Fighter Four. Yeah, Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Like, would that be four or five? Um, they've broken other stories regarding um, Disney properties. So, but apparently, they what they're saying is that Lucasfilm uh, and Disney are looking into doing a Luke, Han, and Leia one shot sort of like specials, like those special presentations for the like uh-huh. Werewolf by Night. Something like that. Like one for each? For each character. And that those are going to be announced in April's Star Wars celebration. Uh, okay. So, I mean, okay. I mean, I feel like you've already kind of let a lot out with that with that comment, but how do you feel about this news? Are these characters that you want more information about? Do we need this? Is this a thing? (sighs) Would you rather it be something else or would you rather it be nothing at all? 
Yes, the former. I'd rather be something else. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it almost speaks to like, um, there's a lot of people who love those novels from the interim between, from, in the interregnum between the original trilogy and the prequels. Like, there's a bunch of novels that came out, right? Mm-hmm. And those kind of expanded on, like, what happened after. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the kids, their right. relatives involved. They were just completely unrelated people that a we plethora, got introduced to. Yep. Plethora of lore, plethora of uh, dynamic. You might say of, a I'm galaxy's sure. worth, a galaxy far, far away's worth. Exactly. And it all got obliterated yeah. when the mouse was in the house. Yep. And it's almost like, what the fuck? Oh, just, if they're, are they not, if they're not pulling directly from those stories, they're just, Doing new shit, like I don't know, man. It, it's some. I, it's kind of a weird thing to argue for IP. Like you know, it's damaging the brand. Like it, nothing is gonna touch the original trilogy that still exists. I I know I can go back and watch that whenever I want to, yeah. and like just be good with that. The Ghostbusters but, argument, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what this adds. Like, is this really what people want? Yeah, I I, it, I look. Maybe it'll be great. You know, it could be. Um, but I think you really hit it on on the head there. If you have literally aliens and droids in all sorts of sectors within the galaxy that have not been explored, but maybe have been mentioned offhand at various points, mm-hmm. why aren't we looking at all of that? Like, right. let's let's fucking go. Let's go out there to the outer rim or whatever and see what's going on. Like, I. It is weird to me the way they are just clinging on to these um, legacy characters. It's almost like, you know, it's like that 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 girl or guy that got away and you just can't <laughs> stop thinking about them or talking Luke's, about them. Your friends Luke's are like, Luke's film is Chasing Amy? Yeah, it's, yeah, yes. Luke Skywalker is fucking Amy. He's chasing Amy. He's, he's Amy and chasing Amy. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's like. And again, I love Andor. Andor was the last Star Wars thing I've seen. Mm. And it is literally my favorite Star Wars story, period. Damn, I need to catch up. So, That's so, on me. Well, to, my, to, to, to expand on that, I think the best thing that came out of like the Disney Plus era was Star Wars Visions. All the an- anime-created uh, right. uh, shorts. Those right. are amazing. Right. Right, because they're telling other stories, and and, yeah. and that's the thing. There's just such a wealth of untapped potential and story that you can tell. I, I'm tired of this looking back tendency that, um, you know, and it's not even just in Star Wars, like Scream, the Scream franchise. Oh, right. Indiana Jones, like all of these, Fucking like, hell, yeah. even, even Maverick, which, again, I liked that movie, but, like, I... You know, I know why this is a trend, and it's obviously very lucrative, but I don't want to look back anymore. I want to right. see new things that I haven't seen before. Doesn't um, it? It's, it's the opposite of creativity. It's the opposite of, like, progress. You're just, right. You're literally yeah. one foot in, one foot out. It's just like you can't get anywhere that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we, and look, people are going to disagree, and if, if you want – Hey, go to comicbookcharacterspod.com and disagree with us, okay? You're, you're you're more than welcome to. But like, what's the opposite of a true believer? What would be our hate listeners? Uh, a false non-believer. A false. Uh, I was gonna say false heretic, but that wasn't. Oh fucking hell, dude! That's a badass name for a band. Let me write that down. Okay. TM TM. 
false heretics. I mean, that's pretty good though. That's something. Is that something? Is that anything? Uh, they are. Uh, uh, I got nothing. Skeptical. Lukey Lou's. Skeptical Dexters. Skeptical okay. Dexters. What, what, what was the, Eugene? Is that the comic yeah, Eugene. store guy? Eugene? Yeah, Eugene. Okay. He's, he's the, Maybe yeah. Eugene's are just like the opposite of true believers. Yeah, Eugene's. There you go. Man, for the five Eugene fans that listen, they're like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Why are they taking runs at us for? Sorry, kids. Um, man, if your name's Eugene, you know it's been free smoke since kindergarten. That's true. That's unfortunate, but that's fair. Also, look, my name is Alfred. I went by Freddy as a kid, and I was a kid in the 80s and 90s when <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street was popular. So, and not only that, but my, my one of my best friends at the time, his last name was Kruger. I'm not making that up. Nice. And whenever people we would hang out, they'd be like, Freddy Kruger, ha, 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 And that's what bullying was like, kids. Yeah, yeah. It was different. <laughs> It was, it was different. A different time. Simple uh, times. Simpler simple times. Dumber times. I think now he's dumber times, but then I'm like, maybe not. Maybe it was always dumb. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I don't know. Like, I just wish I could be more psyched for this Star Wars thing. And I'm just like, uh, I'm not. I'm not. It's just not what I want. It could be good. And I'm not going to be against it. Like. Right. I don't think this is see... for us. That's the weird thing. Like we're the ones, we're the old heads. We're the ones who remember the original, you know, yeah. peoples. And I don't know if this is for us. Yeah, it might not be. And maybe they'll do like tween, like tween Han and tween <laughs> uh, Leia and tween Luke and sure, whatever. You gotta, you gotta say tween at least once one more time. Tween. <laughs> tween. That word didn't exist when we were kids, right? Uh, well, in, in like animation senses, like you had in betweeners and the, you know the tweening kind of cell movements. Nobody cares about this now, but uh, it's not funny at all. That's just facts. <laughs> no, but I mean like teenage, like preteen tweens. No, for like, sure, that not, didn't exist. No, it, I mean it does now, of course. But um, all right. Anyway, let's just move from one thing that was should be a good thing, but is kind of disappointing, to another thing that should be a good thing but is probably kind of disappointing Uh oh (laughs) um suicide squad kills the justice league man uh this this game has been in development for so long over at warner brothers and rockstar rockstar which is like a huge pedigree for a Mm -hmm. studio um they've been working on this for i mean at least three years i want to say maybe five years at this point it is going to be coming out i think at this some point this year they keep moving the date around, uh, but we got a kind of an extensive look at the um, at the gameplay, and there's a couple of what I would say are disconcerting things. Um, one, the characters, the way the physics in the game works, and the way you play it, it's basically like um, Borderlands. Okay, it's very okay. Borderlandsy, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but um, you have a bunch of characters like King Shark and Boomer, Captain Boomerang uh, that just float in the air forever. They just, it's weird the way the game plays. You basically jump up into the sky and then you shoot 
all the enemies and you just kind of hang out in the in the air. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you that um, people are not happy about that. <laughs> it's a weird choice. It's a very, very odd choice gameplay wise. And um, I just I, I mean, I get it if you had like a Supergirl or something or right. you know, like a character that actually flies. But Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter. Sure. Uh you know, but when you have Captain Boomerang and Deadshot, and they don't like Deadshot, I think at least has like a jetpack on. So okay, I mean, I don't really remember him ever actually having a jetpack, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but Captain Boomerang doesn't. King Shark sure <laughs> as fuck doesn't, and they're just floating in the air, man. They're just—it's real weird. That's pretty wild. Uh, quick correction: I think it's Rocksteady Studios. Rock. What did I say? Uh, Rockstar. Oh, I'm sorry, Rocksteady, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. But no, I mean, you're not wrong. Still a pretty good pedigree. They've made all the Batman Arkham games. Right, right, like all the good Batman games. And this is supposed to be set in the same universe. Yeah, that was, I, I did misspeak, so thank you for that. But, um, and then the other thing is, you know, we just had this whole um, kerfuffle, like, giant fumble of a game that was the Marvel Avengers game, which I actually enjoyed. Like, it's a single-player campaign. I think it's fun. But it was meant to be a multiplayer, always-online, microtransaction bullshit game. And <laughs> Fortnite? Fa- they're trying to Fortnite us? It, it failed so spectacularly that they've shut down the servers at the end of this year. Damn! They're shutting down the servers. You can still play the one-player mode, but you're not going to be able to do anything else uh, other than that. And um, but, and so as, as poorly received as that was... Somehow Rocksteady didn't get the memo because there's a lot of that shit in this game, too. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you do that? Everyone just told (laughs) you they hated it. (laughs) And it was literally a different comic book franchise and they they hated it. Why would you do the same thing? I don't understand. This doesn't this doesn't seem like a difficult decision to come to or a different a difficult realization to to come to. But yeah, we are. Uh, there's still time to change it, I think, but... That's the easiest thing to change, too. Like, I'm, I'm fucking Overwatch changed, like, the whole thing from, like, the loot box system to the oh, battle pass system for Overwatch 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Apex can kind of move in and out of what, wherever it wants. Fortnite is... Jesus Christ, just... Might, be, might as well be Roblox right now with how much is taken over. Yeah, they, that's the most fluid thing to change. So hopefully they do find yeah. a better way to, like, sap the willing of their money. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, who do you who do you want to play as though? If and when you actually do end up playing the game, so we got King Shark, uh-huh. Captain Boomerang, Harley Quinn, Deadshot. Hmm. <laughs> I think King King Shark's the most appealing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It sounds like I'm not gonna have too much control over the camera, so probably not Harley Quinn. <laughs> uh, in that case, I'll just do King Shark and just spam like him saying, "King Shark is a shark." That yeah, oh man! If he doesn't say that, zero. Fuck you for real, right? Give it a zero. Uh, that'll be the that'll be the big wheel winner of that <laughs> of that week of that episode. All right, it's back, my friend. It is probably I'm like I really do think this is true. Actually, yeah, the most beloved segment in combo characters history. Oh. It's time to sit back, relax, get a cup of coffee, get a slice of pie. 
joining shit, us. Shit, 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 my bad. In the casting corner. <laughs> oh, it's okay, man. Sometimes, uh, sometimes things get a little so excited. I pushed a the early. Soon, baby. You get a little early. It's okay. No shame. All pleasure. All pleasure, people. No shame. Don't feel bad. We only. You can only feel good for a little while. That's okay, man. We're we're taking what we can get in 2023. Um, this is a huge, huge, huge casting Uh-oh. corner. I'm very excited. Uh, I don't have a huge button. What button would you like for huge? huge? I don't know. You can do. Uh, let me see here. Maybe uh, this one. Oh boy! Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, Stephen Yoon, man. Stephen Yoon. Yeah. From The Walking Dead, of course, Glenn from The Walking Dead is hat. No, this is is not joined. He is joined. He's in it. It's happening. Done Invincible deal. himself was that. Invincible himself. Invincible himself. But he this this dude is all over the place comic wise. I love it. I love it. I really that makes <laughs> me think that he actually likes comic books and like <laughs> likes comic characters and stuff. So Stephen Yoon is joining the MCU, but more specifically. The cast of Thunderbolts. So I think the last casting corner we did actually was the Harrison Ford as Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. So now they've already added Harrison Ford. Now they're adding Stephen Yoon. Also, apparently, Thunderbolt Ross is going to be the president of the United States. So yep. evoking uh, Air Force One Harrison Ford. Yes, sir. Yes, please. <laughs> Smart idea. I love it. I think that's really great. I think that's a, a thing that's going to really stick in people's uh, heads and their minds. But we don't know who Stephen Yoon's going to be. But let me tell you what a little birdie has told me. Yes, sir. And this, if this is true, um, now this doesn't come from the source that I normally have whenever I drop these things and I'm like, this is probably it. This is a different person. And honestly, they're like, Look, this is probably not going to end up being true, but I just wanted to pass it along. Stephen Yoon as the Sentry. Oh shit, Sentry? Yeah, Sentry. Uh, which for for the for those uninitiated that are listening, the Sentry is basically Superman. Yeah, in the MCU, and also has like a split personality situation going on, and it's 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 a very interesting character. Um, not that it matters. It's a Caucasian blonde dude in the comic. They of course can change that. That's no, 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 no. Put him in white face. Oh <laughs> man, and a wig, make him look like Fabio. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mm, I like that. Um, but but look, they could do they, like they literally can change it, do whatever. It's fine. But the idea that Stephen Yu would be Sentry is really like out of left field for me. I, I was just like, oh, okay. Again, ever since the whole Heath Ledger Joker situation, I've mm. made a vow, a solemn vow, to never judge a casting until I actually see it on, you know, like on film. Right. Um, so maybe. Maybe it's maybe that's really inspired casting. I don't. We don't know, of course, that he's going to be Sentry. This is just a like a thing that's floating around. No, 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 no. Fuck that. Fuck that. Say it with the chest. We comic book characters podcast. <laughs> You're saying right now. Breaking news. I don't have a breaking news thing. Stephen Young has been cast as Sentry. Oh, man. 
but I mean, he definitely is in the movie, so that's really cool. Um, I, I've really liked Stephen Yoon as an actor. He was in this other uh, film project called, I think, Mayhem, that was kind of fun. Oh, yeah, it was a little bit like Office Space meets like Dawn of the Dead. It was pretty interesting. Um, so, uh, all right, yeah. So, Shot of the Dead, sort of, but like not as funny, like more aggressive, <laughs> but like in a fun way. But just all right, you know. What do you well, anyway? What are you thinking about Stephen Yin uh, uh, joining the MCU? This is amazing. Like, uh, dude has so much charisma, or Riz, as the kids call it these days, for some fucking do reason. Do they really know? Yeah. Yeah, dude, he's a Rizzler. He's the Rizzler, man. He's the Rizzler like a Twizzler. He's the Riz Lord. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> true believers, do yourself a favor after <laughs> indulging yourself in using the word Riz in the oh, modern parlance. Uh, look up Sentry just on Sentry Marvel is what I searched on Google. One of the first images of, is Sentry punching the shit out of Hulk. Oh yeah, that's a really <laughs> good fight. That's from World War Hulk. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's really good. That's a really good fight. That's one of my all-time favorite fights, actually. Um, we should do an episode about that at some point. Like, all-time favorite comic fights. Yeah. We definitely need to do that. Let me. I'm going to type it right now. Okay. Uh, all-time comic fights. That way we don't forget Believers, about it. Believers, it will be forgotten. It will time. be forgotten, but I typed it. It's in the log, so... I have deleted it already. Oh, it's been deleted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, very excited about Steven Yoon. I uh, think he's a tremendous actor and um, can't wait to see what his role is. And if it's Sentry, wow. I mean, that's going to be... So how many fun. How many uh, ethereal kind of like alien sky beasts will he be uh, summoning in this film? Um, and, and how many of his co-stars from his <laughs> 90s TV show that definitely looks like late 80s? Will he... Kill in the process. Wait, what? What show was he in in the eighties or nineties? Not it, it's, it's from Nope, dude. Oh, oh, from Nope. Okay. Yep. Okay, but you know, we had this talk before we I need went a, on I need air. Yeah, psychotic monkey drop. I need. Oh my god, no! The shoe. I'll work on that. Oh, the shoe. That shoe haunts my mind, dude. That shoe. That shoe haunts my essence. Why is it standing up like that? The opposite of a miracle. Bad miracle. You got a word for that? Man, do you know, a lot of people really hated Nope because they're like, everything can't be a metaphor. Or whatever. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's like the most common complaint I, I thought this was cinema verite. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, man. All right. Let's uh, let's jump in. We're gonna go to our movie review now. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp in Quantumania, or as I've written it in the Slack, Ant Man and Wasp Quantum and Woody Mania. Wow, well, did you say Woody Mania or is it Woody Maya? My Woody Maya, because I can't because I can't type. But it's supposed to be Woody Mania. Yeah, here's our review drop. <laughs> I love yes. it. I'm going to make a suggestion. And it's, Did it cut it's, out? No, 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 it's fine. 
But yeah. I think there's a version of that that somebody plays like on the recorder. <laughs> and if we can find that clip, I think that's what we'll go with. But we'll see. Or maybe we'll just make it on our own. We'll do it ourselves. Right? <laughs> uh, we'll just like Thanos. Fine. We'll do it, our, do it ourselves. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do a review for Ant-Man and Wasp in Quantumania. Uh, just so everybody knows, anybody who's not initiated, who is new to the pod, thank you for joining us. This is a spoiler-filled review. We're not gonna, we're not gonna hide anything, cut corners. We are gonna talk about the film openly. So if you have not seen the film yet, this is your last chance to stop, pause the pod, go check out Ant Man, and then come back. Or if you're waiting to see if we recommend it or not, then continue to listen. But we will be touching on various plot points throughout the film. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, I got, I got, I found it. If you would. so good that's good we got to keep that that's got to be it that's got to be it moving forward um all right man i mean that that just like i don't know i'm so hyped now by that sound drop it's almost like it's back in 2022 (laughs) and you know uh born pink just dropped (laughs) want to hear type of girl man you know that's what i'm saying yeah yeah wow Wow. Oh man. Oh, I just made myself dizzy, dude. This is like a this is like an armless tiger man going on right now. I gotta I gotta be careful. Alright. Alright. Uh I think that, that whole little segment of jokes was just for Chris. Um so um alright, we're gonna play our game and then actually I we're gonna talk about this movie especially I'm really happy that we waited you know, like a week to, to talk about it because there is a situation with this movie where it is the biggest drop off for any Marvel studios film from week one to week two. Ooh. Uh, with that being said, Chris, yeah. uh-huh. how much money did it make? So how much you... money? And we're going to do worldwide gross. Uh-huh. It has been in cinemas for 10 days. Okay. What do you think the the worldwide gross is? Worldwide. All right, shit. Um, ten days. Ten days. Ten days. Two hundred seventy nine million. Okay, you're getting better at this. Three sixty three. Oh right, yeah. Three hundred sixty three million. Okay, so obviously nothing to sneeze at. Uh, pretty healthy. Had the biggest opening of any Ant Man film in the franchise. Hmm. Okay, but because people uh, obviously the if you saw the t- the Rotten Tomatoes score, not that that's everything, but you know people seem to really care about that. The pre-release of the film, the critic score was like in the sixties, uh, and then the fifties, and then the high forties, mm. and people were like, "Oh shit, is this movie not good?" And then like it was like a point above Eternals, and people were like, "Oh my god, is it really not good?" Uh, <laughs> and then it came out, and the audience scores. Uh, I mean, I haven't checked it recently, but it was in the 80s, high 80s, so okay. right along with most other Marvel films. Um, but again, we did talk about it. I brought it up a little a little while ago with it, the second week highest drop-off of all time. So with that being said, it's at $363 million 
Let's take a look back at Ant-Man from 2015. Can you believe that was already eight years ago? Wow, Jesus Christ. <sighs> okay. Worldwide total gross, man. What do you think? Oh, uh, for the first Ant-Man. First Ant-Man, uh, 2015. Uh, Six hundred sixty-six million. There you go. That's good. Uh, Five hundred nineteen million. Okay, I'm so, getting better. All right, you know, good. But that's healthy, right? Five nineteen, pretty healthy. Ant Man and the Wasp from twenty eighteen. What do you think that one ended at? Four twenty million. That's good. Uh, Six hundred twenty-two million. So a little. I had bit to put it in there. The I had to do it. Yeah. No, was, you had to. Um, so, like, again, the highest-grossing Ant Man film of all time, which was Ant Man and the Wasp. 622. Mm-hmm. That's its full run. We're already at 363 and it's week two. Are people crying about the sky falling when we sh- when it's not? Do, <laughs> do you think Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is going to ultimately be the highest grossing Ant-Man film? Or or what? What do you think is the story here? Man, uh, so usually a typical... Theater run is what a month, month and a half almost. That's usually about five, six weeks. Yeah, I mean it used to be like three months, but yeah, yeah. Um, since it's got the plus now, I don't know how fast they're gonna ship it back over there. Ah, if we got like at least four more weeks though, uh, if we're halfway there. I I don't see. Is this gonna be a big spring break kind of bounce back for them? Oh, maybe. Right, we've a couple of weeks they, away. Yeah, but then you're spending more on marketing to like go back and see it. It's Jonathan Majors is good. Uh, hmm, uh, it might peak out about five hundred. That's yeah. what I was thinking too. Five hundred, which again half a billy. Like, right. what are ridiculous. we talking about? These, these amounts are ridiculous. That we're talking what are about. we talking about here? We're going to talk about the film, and like, just so you guys know. I enjoyed it, but there are definitely things that I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know about this choice and this choice, and yeah. and uh, it's not a perfect film. It's not, it's definitely not in the, in the tier of like where, uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Endgame, Infinity War, all are, and Black Panther. Like, it's not that, and you know, Ragnarok. Like, that's never happening again. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert to everybody out there. Even though I don't care how much you love comic book movies, we're not getting that again. That's the fucking murderer's Damn. row, dude. Damn. We had like like six or seven movies back to back to back to back that were like the greatest comic book movies of all time. That's true. Like yeah. that's that's not going to happen again. Even Kevin and, and Marvel, they're not going to do that again. It's not going to happen. It's it's like statistically almost impossible. So, uh, I mean, I'm happy we got to live through it and we got to enjoy it. And I still think Marvel has the ability to to still make films on that level, but it's not going to be like back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Like that's just not going to happen. This is a DMX. Like, you know, he released those two albums in like an eight month span. They both went platinum. His first two albums. I just listened to a documentary on DMX recently. Uh, I was wondering where this is coming from. <laughs> Dude, there was a, they play a clip. Oh man, this is such a tangent. But they, really they play a clip. He died when he was fifty. And they played a clip from an interview when he was fifty, and he was talking about how when he was fourteen, he was already in the rap game, and people were like, "You are legit, very good at this." And he had this mentor, this dude named Ready Rock. Okay, and this dude was like mm-hmm. in his thirties, 
And he kind of took him under his wing and he's like, yeah, man, yo, little dog, you're good. You you know, whatever, whatever. And then one time he gave him a joint and like DMX was like, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And then this tastes pretty good. He smoked the joint and then they told him, ah, man, that joint is actually crack. It was laced with crack. And then he got addicted to crack, man. And he was 14, and that was supposed to be his mentor. That's fucked up, dude. And DMX, in this interview, starts crying. This 50-year-old man, and it broke me, okay? It's all I can think about. Let me tell you, uh, True Believers, this is the only comic podcast where you're going to have a host. Fucking go down like a like a distress <laughs> spiral over DMX. It's it's really been bothering me. So I'm just uh, just had to get that out there. I don't know how we got here, but here we are. Um, I mean, that's how the Rough Rider rolls, baby. It, is, it really is. Stop, drop. <laughs> open up shop, Let, man. Yeah, I... <laughs> open up shop. Miguel, I'm open up shop. Uh, Five hundred million. Uh, Look, not to say that DMX was a saint. He really has a very complicated individual. But uh, but go check out some of his interviews, man. He's, he's, it's wild. Wild stuff. Yeah, to say uh, the least. $500 million, I think, is also probably where it's going to land somewhere between 5 and 6. And, uh, okay. Like, what? That's not... That's that's amazing. I don't know what y'all are... T- I don't know what people are worried about or freaking out about. Uh, now, granted, it, it's not a perfect film, and we're going to get into that, but we got to do that our way, which is through our segments. And we're going to start with the first one, which is Excelsior. Excelsior! Oh. Thank you, Stan. Uh, always a big fan, of course. Uh, for those that are new to our movie reviews, Excelsior is a segment in which we talk about something within the film that really grabbed our attention, that we really loved, um, that something that stuck out. We could be a particular uh, character or casting, dialogue, um, plot, uh, special effects, uh, sound engineering, whatever. can be anything. Mm. Uh, and so, Chris, I'll let you start off on this review. What was Excelsior for you in Ant-Man and Mania? Oh, man. Um, let me see. I think the thing that stood out to me immediately was, uh, like, and it was, like, the cruelty of, like, everybody dogging on them. But the ants, man. Like, the nanomachine and enhanced ants, whatever it was, that got <laughs> sucked into the... So you're the, Hank Pym. You just fucking I'm, I'm, really I'm, love ants. I'm I'm an old curmudgeon who just wants to fuck around with his little biomechanical toys. That's why I wanted to <laughs> these ants, they fucking fell into a, a time dilation and became a class two civilization. Y'all fuckers know what that means? They they were able to harness the power of their own sun. They were somewhere fucking else, and they advanced like thousands of years beyond what our civilization is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I one of the funny critiques that I've seen about the movie is that people are like if Kang is such a badass, how do you get taken down by a, some nah, ants? Nah, so nah, first nah, of all, I'm, no, I'm not like, here for that slander. So, so, but I just, I look, I know you have thoughts and words, but I just want to say this: one wasn't just some fucking ants; it was a, like a whole army of ants, like a million fucking ants, and also, like you said, thousands of years of evolution. Yeah, like yeah, man, super fucking ants. These ants would have. Would have crushed Thanos in a nanosecond. <laughs> like, 
you know, we didn't have them. We didn't have them for Thanos, but we got them <laughs> now. You know, my only thing is, well, shit, at this point, you got to trap the ants in the quantum realm because if you can take them out of the quantum realm, they just solve all the problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you just gotta pretend they they stopped existing after the movie, or just like stayed in the quantum realm, which is what I think. Yeah. I think they just uh, stay in the quantum realm because they're like because they're so evolved and smart. They're like, no, nah, Earth is bullshit, man. We're not <laughs> fuck that, and which is right, of course. So they're they're just in the quantum realm to me. Uh, no, nah, let's be let's be real. Let's be real. First of all, all y'all cowards don't even smoke crack. Rest in peace to the god uh, DMX. <laughs> 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 and y'all cowards didn't even play StarCraft. Oh, Zerg Rush doesn't. Uh, should know I get Lib on the on the mic, dude? She loves StarCraft. I'm I'm telling you, it moves Zerg, man, Zerg Rush. I'm telling you, it's a meme for a reason, baby. It works. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it felt the most like true to like comic book shit that happened. It did that, and yeah, that is something. I mean, it's not my Excelsior, but just in a general way, this movie is so comic booky. Yeah, it's yeah. it's in like, and well, I mean, I'm going to talk about Modok at length. <laughs> not even in this segment. And you're like, wait, but it sounds like you like him. Oh, I do. I'm going to talk about him in another segment. Spoiler. Yeah. Uh, but like Modoc is so comic booky and like yeah. just so much of the weird dumb shit in this movie is so like a comic book and I mean that in the best and worst way possible. It's like, right. It's however <laughs> you it's however you look at it, but like it is what it is. <laughs> it might as well have had like an ad for you who or something on one of the right, pages. Right. Right. <laughs> or like that or like the, the thing where like you uh uh, where it's like you could have bought a, a copy of Hulk 181 for 10 bucks. <laughs> Those little ads for some comic shop in fucking Missouri. Um, it, like the dialogue, even like the pacing of it, when Hank comes in and he's like explaining about the ants and like Scott just kind of jumps over that dialogue. You know, that panel is getting like, you know, occluded or it's getting like st st stepped over by something else. Yeah, uh, I can see it on the page. Absolutely. Uh, for me, Excelsior, um, we get to see another variant of Kang. We get to see Jonathan Majors yeah. as this this particular Kang. I guess Kang the Conqueror. Also, I have a theory, but we're going to talk about that um, a little bit later. God, I hope I don't forget. But I do uh -oh. have a theory. Um, what a revelation. I mean... We already saw him as He Who Remains in Loki Season 1. I thought he was so good in that. Mm -hmm. um, my God, this guy has a huge task ahead of him, especially based off the post-credits stinger. Um, just what a workhorse <laughs> uh, that he's going to have to do in this phase. My God, I, I don't know that even if I were like an actor or like a good actor that I would have agreed to do this. It seems a lot, right? It seems like a lot. Um, but, man, he was just so good. In fact, I would argue that Jonathan Majors took a lot of dialogue, which was, let's be honest, uh, subpar or mid, as the kids might say. Um, and he just, through the force of his will, like, made it better. Uh, and, like, I felt like a lot of times maybe the script let him down a little bit. But, um... But he was so good in it. He was he was exactly what I was hoping, and he crushed it. He exceeded my expectations. Um, 
So I really, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I love seeing uh, Cheedy in there from The Good Place. Oh yeah, Cheedy. And um, and that weird little alien. I think his name is Veb or Verb. Oh, the holds dude. Yeah, the little holds dude. Who, which, by the way, is the the voice of that character is one of the actors from the first two Ant Man movies. He's like the Russian dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, David, I don't know how to say his last name. It's like Dash Dashman or Dashman or something. Um, but anyway, uh, real oh, real quick, that's Mulchin. That's Mulchin. Yeah. I I really need to learn how to say that because he's going to be in Austin, Texas. I think not this weekend, but next weekend. Yeah, you squaring up? Yeah, I think I might go. I might go. I might go. Be like, what's up, him? man? I'll be like, I'm gonna, I'll put some holes in you. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, it's, no, it's not super it. threatening, and I meant it just like a oh, nice oh, thing. No. I was taking a sip. <laughs> <laughs> so I almost killed you with my DMX reset, and then uh, you weren't ready for that one. Uh, you weren't ready for it. Um, real quick, uh, little trivia. So um, at the beginning of his career, Peyton Reed, who's the director of all three Ant Man films, by the way, he's the only, he's only the second director in the MCU to do all three movies in a franchise. Full combo. Um, Spidey's uh, director is the other one. Um, but Peyton Reed uh, directed behind-the-scenes material for Back to the Future. And hmm. those efforts included Back to the Future Part Two, which, of course, uh, from 1989. Early on in Quantumania, there's that moment at the dinner table with the pizza. Mm-hmm. And Hank, like, drops the little drop on him and, like, oh, regular-sized pizza. That's a yeah. nod to Back to the Future Part Two. When they rehydrate the pizza, hydrate level yep. four, please. Um, <laughs> and when I saw Ant Man the second time, I was like, "Holy shit, that's from Back to the Future!" Like I, I, I saw it. And I was like, "Oh wow, I wonder if that was on purpose." Turns out, yep, it was on purpose. Nice. Um, all right, let's see. So I guess with that, let's go ahead and jump into our next segment, which is Bizarro. Look, it am our most famous superhero. Yes, it be Bizarro number one. Oh, man. Soundy is coming in so crisp and clean today. I, I hope oh, I didn't don't, jinx him, but like... Don't, don't do our this. Our little son, man. Look at him go. Such you, a know, disapp- we, you talked earlier about the ants harnessing the power of the sun. Our mm-hmm. son has harnessed the power okay. of us. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, Bizarro for, again, any new listeners, is a segment in where we talk about things that didn't quite meet expectation or flat out, we're terrible. Um, it's just things that we wish were, were were different or better, or they made a different choice. Um, but we try to we try to put a productive spin, I guess is how <laughs> I would put it. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first this time. Yeah. Uh, for me, it is it is very simply, and there's been a lot of news articles about this. In fact, some of the um, artists have come out the visual artists effects artists oh right come out and they've said they were really pissed because a lot of the top tier talent because um this movie was doing post as well as uh black panther wakanda forever and they actually were poaching and pulling the vfx artists from ant-man over to black panther to polish it up which you know we we are going to talk about at some maybe in the next episode like, what is the state of the MCU? Why are there problems? What are those problems? And I think we both have a lot of ideas about that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we'll talk about that in a future episode. But I will say that, like, if you look at Quantum Mania, when they first, when we first see um, Janet, and then Kang crashes, and we see the Quantum Realm, it looks so big and expansive. And then when we see Hope and and um, Scott and Cassie go into the Quantum Realm and like. Uh, get marooned there and they like wake up and like Jane, or Hope wakes up and she opens her eyes and you look up and you see this massive expansive really cool looking universe and then it just goes downhill from there yeah to me and 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 that's because uh yeah they had less people and less time to polish up and finish up all these special effects scenes so like this movie, which has the potential to be so big, so expansive, and it is so beautiful in, in some parts. Um, in so many other parts in the movie, in the majority of the film, I would argue, it's literally like a lot of the times, like two actors on a physical stage on Broadway with like a matte painting in the background. <laughs> yeah. Like so much of the movie feels that way. And it, All the Bill Murray stuff. It's just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why? This would this would be out of place in nearly any Marvel movie to do it that way. But in a movie that is like, you're establishing this giant world within a world and a universe, this like subatomic universe, and then it feels like everything has a six foot ceiling. Right. And it's so fucking weird. It's such a and it's so noticeable on a rewatch. Again, I've I've seen this film multiple uh, times. So it really sticks out. And that was definitely a disappointment for me. <laughs> yeah, I kinda like I was uh, I kinda the whole quantum first was rubbing me the wrong way. I'm like, that's not how quantum mechanics works. You, you don't <laughs> If there's not another universe down there, you just get smaller and smaller. Were they riding around on protons and electrons? What the fuck is going on? But I guess it was it was just another universe that they kind of they went so small they went to another universe, right? Yeah. So in the comics, it's actually the quantum realm is basically something called the microverse. Yeah. Uh, but they can't say that because of legal reasons. Jesus Christ. That's why. But yeah. Because <laughs> Marvel sold away all the rights to everything. Yeah. <laughs> Early on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that subconsciously, I guess, or like, no, 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 you're right. Pretty prevalent. <laughs> Not even consciously. That was the thing that was like making me kind of weirded out. I was like, ah, this isn't city right for some reason. Also, it, another. So was that was that your Bizarro as well, or did you? Have no, something? my Bizarro is something else. Yeah, okay. Unless we, you want to tag up your Bizarro. For I've me. got more, but like, yeah. let, let you go, and then maybe I'll do some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is gonna be the longest segment for sure. <laughs> yeah. Again, liked the film, but there are problems. Yeah, my, I liked it as well. Like, I didn't have a problem leaving the theater. I, I kind of was like, oh, it's not as bad as they said. And then, like, just thinking about it, like, man, it, it, the, the the luster kind of began to lack pretty it quick. Does, it does have a little bit of that Thor Love and Thunder situation yeah. to it a little bit. I think Thor Love and Thunder is, is a much worse film, by the way, <laughs> still. But, like, but I do get that sort of Should not have had a feeling about it, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, my bizarre, it was kind of be like... Um, it's more general. It's not really something that happened in the movie. It's just kind of an overall sense of like, I don't know if this installment of Ant-Man and the Wasp, but um, negligible how much Wasp was in this movie, but that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, I don't know how well this served the character of Scott Lang. Right. I I don't I don't know. It's almost like uh, unfair to say that um, you could have like a, a Tony Stark or a Captain America, Steve Rogers. Like that's a good canvas to put like whatever you want on, uh, because they can handle it. They can and rise to the occasion. They're so broad shouldered, right. right? They can they can <laughs> hit. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's Scott Lang is just he he wants to. You know, he, he wants to have dinner with his family. <laughs> That's all he really wants, right? right? He wants to spend some time with his daughter that he has. And so when you're at, like, those kind of like, human levels, having fucking Kang the Conqueror show up. It's almost and, too much. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what the fuck is he supposed to do? <laughs> like, get big, maybe? But that's, you know, for how long? I, I don't know. It seemed like this was a bad fit. This was like you just went into the store and, like, bought an off-the-rack suit and, like, nah, this works. You Get measured up, man. But it, I, I think this had problems at like the script level. Like, yeah. do we really want to deal with? Not that Ant Man couldn't. He he to me, Ant Man definitely feels like uh, the character you call in for assists in MVC two. <laughs> right. Like he's he's not the main three. He's not the main three that you're playing with. He's like you know you'll just come in there and like quip and then get out real quick. Well, um, you know, and I talked to so Ig hasn't seen this movie yet, but I did talk to him about it a little bit, and he was telling me. Um, the one thing he really liked about the first Ant-Man movie, the first two, was he said they felt like palate cleansers. Yeah. You know, they felt like very of their own thing. They were just doing something totally different. Uh, it was a nice change of pace, you know, compared to, like, the really big Marvel shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, dude, you're not going to you're not going to be happy <laughs> about um, seeing Ant-Man in the Watts Quantumania because that they don't do it this time. No, uh, they I, really. I think... Yeah, I think I was making the point to my brother that like Paul Rudd, he's a he's a he's the dude who smirks in this mm -hmm. whole lineup. Mm -hmm. You got to have that that member of the party, he, like uh, as a little bit. You got oh, guys over here frowning. You guys got guys over here super serious. You got party boy Thor. Then you got the smirker. Like yeah, guys, we'll be fine. Smirk. That's that's Scott Lang. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind perfect of perfect casting, tremendous. by the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been this dude's whole career, Paul Rudd. <laughs> he's been smirk guy. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, look I don't us. know. <laughs> Hold on. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> right, who would have thought he'd be up against Kang the Conqueror? Yeah, not literally everybody except for the writers and Kevin, I guess. Cause, <laughs> um, well, and that's and that that actually what you've said is also uh, draws a lot of. Uh, the same points that one of the main complaints I've seen about the film, which is that a lot of people feel this movie was not really necessary that it like mm. in comic book terms, it was more like the prelude. So like sometimes Marvel or DC will do these really big event yep. storylines that, you know, that span just within the, the main story is like eight to 12 issues. And then you have like all these fucking offshoot little mini series that go to it. But they all they tend to all start with a like a prelude comic that kind of gets you acclimated to what the story's gonna be about. That's really what this felt like. Um, here's where we're gonna fight, here's our MacGuffin. Right, like here's Kang. This is gonna be the character that we're gonna be dealing with for a while, but we have to introduce him to people on a large scale, not just people that saw Loki. You know, we got to really, like, really make sure people are aware of this guy because he's literally the Thanos of this phase. Um, and so, yeah, it felt in a lot of ways it did feel like 
this wasn't Ant Man's story, and it and it was like a prelude. It was like a prelude comic. Um, mm. I think that was a really a thing that I read early on that I was like, no, yeah, that that really nails it to me. Um, but um, yeah, what else? Oh, uh, I mean, again, I kind of hinted at this a little earlier, but like the the script and especially the dialogue. I don't know who handled the dialogue duties on this one, uh, but you got to get somebody to come in and, and, and doctor it up a little bit, punch it up a lot. I, you know, and, and like no offense to Catherine Newton, who I, I really thought was really good for most of the film, but there are certain little bits where she's delivering a line. Uh, I'm thinking, especially at the end um, when she's talking to Modoc. Um, oh yeah. She gets big. She tells him not to be a dick. Um, her delivery is not good there. Uh, it's pretty wooden. And then it, it's kind of contrary to like she was. She was actually feeling PTSD terror when she saw his face. Right. She's like, "Oh, it's the B guy. It's the B, B guy." Like, yeah. It, it, but so, but also the dialogue is just so hokey. Like it's so. Yeah. And so, like, it's not helping. Like that isn't helping anything. Um. Already talked about the special effects. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to harp on the movie. Like it's, it's again, it's, it's not terrible, but it's, it's more of a, I don't know. The question I have a lot coming back to it is, well, why? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a way this works. Like, and it's, it's really weird. It breaks Scott's character. It basically makes him kind of like a, a a Zack Snyder character. (laughs) But like, if you just put all this pressure on, on Scott to like do this fucking thing that you know is wrong. And that's a good, you know, thing. We haven't seen Ant-Man go in that direction, I guess. He's, um, but tonally, that's not the right fit for the movie. It still wants to have fun every now and again. Still, Modoc, right. fucking Modoc is in this movie. Yeah, we're going to get so, to him. So. It, it's, it's, it's not serious. It's not that level of seriousness, but should it have been? I, I think that might have been a disservice to the character, too. I, I don't know how how deep the the comics go for Scott, but uh, I, that's more of a, of a Pym storyline, right? Yeah, Just Hank Pym's like the more asshole. of the like troubled like character in the comics. Yeah, but again, they they they're not they're not like beholden to the comics, you know, right. which is good. And I've always said that that's a good thing, but. Um, yeah, I almost do wonder if it would have been better if they would have just made Scott go all the way and like knowingly mm. let Kang out. Or at least try to let King out to get his daughter back. And or, you know, the way they set it up in that trailer, I don't have to win. We both just have to lose. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. Yeah. And if you, I mean, I would have been sad, but fuck, that would have, like, that really would have shown, oh, like, King's a real problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you got to have an Avenger die to even nullify him, maybe not even beat him, but just to like nullify him for a little bit. I yeah. think, I think narratively that does a lot more now. Granted, we don't know what they've got planned for Kang and everybody else, you know, but I'm just saying for the context within this movie, that's all we have. I think that would have been infinitely more impactful, man. That should have happened like midpoint. Yeah, and then, and have, then, and then, then have Cassie, like Cassie and, and Cassie Hope. And, and, uh, Hope trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Yeah. yeah. Also, while grieving. Yeah, do it. But ah, we got what we got. Um, let's go on to the next segment, which is... Hey, everyone. Hey. 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 
everyone. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey, Miles, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing, Miles? I uh, can't wait for Spider Verse. Um, ah, uh, I mean, should I just buy like a ticket for every day for like the first ten days? Start to do it. Um, <laughs> the staff will be worried worried for you. Like, sir, you've been to every every showing this day. <laughs> How are you changing go clothes? Home. Yeah. <laughs> That's for me to know. Um, give me that unlimited popcorn. Uh, so, yeah, but, yeah, how much I sacrificed? <laughs> this is how I win. Um, <laughs> okay, so everyone is where we talk about a new, a new thing that's in the particular universe or franchise or movie. Um, it can be a new character, new setting, new vehicle, new new building, whatever, whatever. It's pretty loosely defined. Um, uh, Chris, I, I guess you go first now, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you take what I was going to say, it's fine. You can take it, but I'm just going to say it again anyway. We're just going to have the same thing. So, I was. Should, should we just wonder twins this? Should we just... Want, yeah, you want to say... Okay, so on the count of three, we're both going to say yeah. what the what the hey everyone is for this segment. Okay, yeah. I, after three. So are you ready? Okay. One, two, three... Moda. Definitely fucked. Oh, oh. <laughs> Bill Murray. I was gonna. I was gonna say Kang. But uh... oh, oh! I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, we got like a little Sydney Poitier action going on. Like, guess who's coming to dinner? All right, all right, all right. I didn't even think about that. Um, nice setup. Uh, no. Nice setup, though. Modok for sure. Modoc, yeah, I had Modoc. to do it to you. Um, no, but look, go ahead, go ahead and talk about Modok, and then I'll talk about Modok. I don't fucking care. Let's just both talk about him. Uh, what what did? What more can I say that hasn't already been analysis cubed from Universe uh, uh, <laughs> Unlimited Marvel vs. Capcom two? <laughs> <laughs> oh, three, three. Yeah, Modok. It, it's ridiculous that he's in this movie. It's so fucking ridiculous. Like. I don't know that much about him from the character from the comic book lore. I really am just familiar with him with the game, but he just appears to be like from the X Men side of things. Uh, I guess not. he's originally introduced in a Captain America in a uh, actually I think it's Strange Tales or Tales of Suspense, but it's a book yep. that features Captain America. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he's he's mostly like a Red Skull or an AIM dude. Okay, um, he fights with Iron Man sometimes. I think he has fought the X Men. You might be thinking of Mojo, mm. who's also a person, not a person, but like a creature that's like in a chair, like a hover chair kind of thing sometimes. So um, that might be that. But, but yeah, I, I, the the little legs, the buzz saws. Oh, my God. Uh, the buzz uh, saws, the missiles, <laughs> the fucking little butt. That was I, my... I, I miss him saying, like, you should have said, oh, this is our city, Matrocity. But yeah. it definitely didn't say I'll that. tell you that seeing, again, on a rewatch, on a second watch, that, that little butt was probably my favorite part. It yeah? Made, it made me laugh really hard. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, we talked about how this movie is so comic booky, and and there is not a better example than fucking Modoc in this movie. Um, and look, some people hate it. Lots of people. I, see I can see. Online. I can see why. Yeah. They're hating it so much. They're like the special effects looks shitty. I'm gonna actually go on record here and say I I'm entirely sure. Put my name on it. 
It's all intentional. They're making him look dumb and goofy and kind of bad all on purpose. They could have done whatever. That's the main character of the fucking movie. You don't think they would have put extra money and people on on that? They definitely would (laughs) have if they wanted to. They just didn't want to because that wasn't the point. You got to make him look dumb and goofy like in the comic and in the video game. And they fucking nailed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my God, Corey Stoll, thank you so much for like being in this and do like they didn't have to do it that way. They could have made Modoc whatever, but they mm-hmm. they they worked it in. And let me tell you, I found this online. According to Peyton Reed, Corey Stoll agreed to reprise the role of Darren Cross for two reasons. One, he loved the Ant Man cast, right? like the cast and production or sorry, that main cast and crew. But more than that, he's a huge comic nerd and he fucking loves Modoc. Oh shit. That's awesome. And he was like, Oh, I'm doing this. Like, (laughs) and that means everything to me. I didn't know that until literally today. But if you, if you go back and watch Ant-Man and watch quantum mania, look at how much fun Corey Stoll is having. As oh, he Modoc. definitely chews up whatever scene he has. He, every single scene. Uh, the the spoilers. The death scene. <laughs> like it's like fucking, like um, <laughs> like out of like a like out of a Humphrey Bogart like neo noir crime <laughs> film. Like a, you know what I mean? Like it's just so right. <laughs> ra- overwrought and just. It's like, I think it's the end for me. Or it's not looking good. Yeah, something. it's not looking good. It's not looking good, Sam. It's getting real dark. It's getting real dark. <laughs> like, it's just so ham-fisted. Holy shit, but I loved it. Oh, my God. That was, like, literally, Bodog is the highlight of the film for me. Um, yeah. I, I only reason I didn't bring him up for Excelsior is because I knew we were going to talk about him here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, the, does Kang kind of name drop him? Like, there's a, a mechanized... Oh, no, no. It's Bill Murray, right? Yeah, it's Bill Murray that says it Bill first. Yeah. Uh, Mechanized organism. And then it's actually Modofk. 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 <laughs> uh, my God, man. Oh, such a... Easily, I would argue, the goofiest, dumbest thing they've done in the MCU so far. <laughs> and, and maybe the best thing they've done. It's so... If you love Modok from either the comics or the video games... I don't know how you couldn't have loved this. Right. It, <laughs> I mean, I know that there was that Hulu stop motion animation show with Pat Nelson. Oh, and, I, and I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed that. That was really weird. And I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> but man, this was, this was just perfect. Like I, I literally don't think they could have made a better choice with any of it. Um, so yeah. Um, this is slightly related to, uh, to hair everyone. Uh, so in this movie, we actually, I didn't mention her a little earlier, Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang. She actually took the place of Emma Furman, who was Cassie Lang in Avengers Endgame. Like when Aunt, when Scott gets out, he sees Cassie. Cassie's all grown up and he's like, oh my God, it's a very touching scene. Not yeah. the same actress as nope. the actress in this movie. I thought Catherine Newton was really great. I thought she was very expressive. I thought she felt like an actual teenager most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, you could speak to that a lot more. You you see them a lot more than I do. Uh, how did you feel? Did you feel like her performance was was pretty good? 
Yeah, they, you know, the whole kind of, uh, uh, nah, you're not doing it. Ideals, live and die for ideals. Oh, wait, no, it hurts. Ah, uh, ah, uh, it hurts. Yeah, that's definitely a teenage thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, she, yeah, she, she played all right. Like, um, like you said, I think the, the major thing that had kind of hampered any kind of enjoyment on her side was the script. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I don't think, and look, no, like she's young. She's still got a lot of acting to do, I'm sure, in her life. And she, I, I imagine she's going to get better and better. But unlike a, a Michael Douglas, for instance, or a <laughs> Bill Murray or a Michelle Pfeiffer, which can, can, you know, act their way out of anything, um, she doesn't have those reps yet, you know. So if, if the script is weak, it's going to be harder to pull it up for, for her compared yeah. to like those more seasoned actors. I, I feel, um, but, but I, you know, again, I try to be understanding. So it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Was your delivery a little wooden on the, the don't be a dick. Okay. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little stiff. That's okay. I mean, it's mostly the script's fault there, but, uh, but no, I think in a lot of it, she had a lot of precociousness to her, which is, which is, what that character needs, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another thing that was new that we can throw into everyone here um, real quick is the the idea and the visualization of the multiple possibilities all at once thing with Scott and both Scott and, and Hope. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a very interesting visual um, scene, and I really liked the way they did it. I thought it looked really cool. I love how the Scots mimicked like a like a, those ants that that build the builder ants. Yeah. Um, I thought that was all really beautifully done. And and no, this again we talked about it earlier. The special effects are hardly ever super sharp or really polished in this movie. They're just not. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. But from a from a thematic and from a from an idea standpoint, I think that scene is really great. Huh. I wonder though. Hmm. Was this, is this the thing that's gonna make the like the VXF, VFX houses like unionize? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, maybe. I mean, and, it's been and, a long and, time coming. And but in the long run, that's probably a good thing. I mean, it it's is a good thing. The better. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna it's, it's gonna suck for a little probably in the transition, but I think it's gonna be a good thing. And yeah, man. And also, again, we're not actual shills for Disney and Marvel, like. They they've got the money. They need to not fucking do this. And and we're gonna again future episode, but we're gonna talk about why we are where we are with Marvel Studios and why mm-hmm. we're running into these problems. We're gonna oh, buddy. We're gonna got tease it. We're teasing it, but we're gonna do that in a future episode. Um but yeah, I, I do again now I will say this. I did enjoy the movie a lot. We've obviously talked about a lot of the problems with the film. If Modoc is not in this the way he's in it. Ooh! Oh my yeah. god, dude! This goes to like, yeah, maybe the worst Marvel movie for me. Like, it, <laughs> it drops so far. Modok's doing so much heavy lifting in this movie for me, but I love it and I don't care. Like, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. That's thank you, thank you for the Modok, and it's fine. And also, I think it was smart that they killed him off because, as great as he is, you can't have too much of that. No, <laughs> <laughs> like. This is the perfect amount of Modoc, and it was exactly the Modoc that we needed and wanted. 
You couldn't. You just couldn't do it any better. Just like in UMBC three, you sub him in because you want to get your main character to heal back up, and he's just gonna eat it. He's gonna eat all the hyper combos to the face. Right. That ginormous face. That that's what it's for. <laughs> ginormous ass face. But I said when I saw it, when he took up when he like his little helmet thing flipped back, I was like, ah shit, it's like my face. <laughs> like my face, my big ass head. So. Yeah, I felt I felt represented and seen on screen for once. You know, that's important. About representation. It's really important. Yeah, you're talking about representation. <laughs> All right, so it's, it's strange for me and Modoc for you. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Yeah. Um, all right. Is the la- so so we did because I again I just got to keep track here. We got Excelsior. We did Bizarro. Uh-huh. We did Hey, hey Everyone. Now every- we've got uh, what if what if. All right, and what if, by the way, that sound drop, it's pure gold. It is the Modoc of sound drops. And uh, <laughs> uh, what if is where we kind of pontificate a little bit. We think about, like, you know, what could be for the future in this franchise or, or character, or maybe what could have, what choices could have been made that were different that would have altered the, um, the final product, so to speak. So, um, I guess I'll go first. Technically, you went first last time, even though we both said oh, yeah. the same thing. Right. Um, so, so my whole thing is, what if, um, you know, what if they didn't do that? What if they didn't? <laughs> what if they didn't take all of the top tier <laughs> visual effects artists off of the movie and let them work on the fucking movie? Um, <laughs> God, like that's uh, a weird move. It's uh, it's really annoying because here's the thing. Um, that's my catchphrase, I guess. But here's the thing: the movie looks like it's shot on so much green screen. It looks like it's shot in the volume so much. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. I I think the volume is great, but you can't rely on it too much. Um, and the green screen is great, but you can't rely on too much. Like some of these shots in this film, I'm not joking. Were reminiscent, reminded me of. Spy Kids, like 3D or whatever that <laughs> fuck that movie was from like 2002. Yeah. Oh no. Like, it's not that much better in some parts, and I, and that's not good. That is not good considering not where ideal. we are in time and how far we've come along with how visual effects work. So, uh, my big what if is like, what if they hadn't done that? What if this movie looked like the movie that it was budgeted for? And what if Marvel and Disney quit? over extending themselves so that like they could just do one project at a time or whatever. Stop doing three or four things at the same time. Right. Yeah. What are you, what are you, fuck, what are you doing? Don't do that. <laughs> but they're like, but billions can be made. Well, yeah, I get it. But like how many billions do you need? Really? Can you, can we just do 1 billion at a time? It's fine. You're still going to get the money. You just got to wait a little longer. Oh man. I don't know. Uh, so that's me. That's my what if. What's your what if? Uh, all right. Um, okay. So my what if is uh... <laughs> is it back to the ads? <laughs> oh my god! We get Hank Pym like mm-hmm. not just walking casually with his ants around him, but like riding an ant, kind of like you know the. Like standing up on top of the ant, but like riding it with what holding on to one of its antenna or something. Right, right, right. And then 
Yeah. Uh, also, uh, we, we see this huge onslaught, these crazy techno ants coming through. and uh, But then we hear... And fucking Luis is here, oh, too! The van. Yeah. He was sorely missed. Yeah, Scotty. Uh, what happened was <laughs> I was listening to Morrissey on my AirPods. I came. I was going to deliver the pizza, another pizza to you guys. So I was like, hey, why not? And <laughs> I yeah. got sucked. I'm down here now. I got chilling with these ants for a while. I'm mad old and wise now, man. Uh, but the thing is, like, we're going to fucking kill Kang. Uh, it, just like that. Yeah. That, that yeah. 100%. This 90% on Round Tomatoes would have been amazing. Oh, oh. yeah. And, and not only that, Modoc would have had a challenger in the film yes. for, like, best <laughs> fucking thing in the film. Um, yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. I, I completely agree. Uh, the only thing I what I would say is that, well, I mean, obviously that didn't happen. But, like, why have we not gotten a Luis Marvel Cinematic Universe recap short film? Literally uh, just do an hour of uh, him recapping everything up until whatever point. So easy. Just do that. My God, you could charge. I swear, you could tell me it was 45 minutes and you could charge me a full movie theater ticket. I'd be like, yes, I have to see this. Don't. Here's my $15. Let me see it. Let me see it. Uh, I don't know why they haven't done that or why they haven't made a thing and then put oh, it on oh, Disney+. Shit, Plus. They would get like a million TM, 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 Kevin, Kevin's assistant, 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 assistant that we know listens to the pod. Yeah. Let us in. Um, But like (laughs) you would get a million like Disney plus subscribers just off of that announcement alone. Um. Uh, real quick i i just i forgot to mention this in bizarro and i don't i want to i'm going to be mad at myself if i don't mention it yeah and that's the other the other thing about ant-man that bothered me uh or bothered me about this film is that he was very derivative we've talked about um how like black adam was super derivative Um, oh right this movie um is derivative like it feels like dune in a lot of parts and it feels like star Uh, wars in a lot of parts and that's fine i mean it's okay to do that but i think you know there's a line between kind of doing an homage to a thing and like just being derivative of it and unfortunately i feel like we went a little too far with the dune and the star wars um but that's just me you're saying this was like a c-level tranche like in the triple a tranches yeah they they bundled it together the tranches. The tranches. Tranches. Yeah, the tranches. Marvel has a housing problem. Yeah. Got to fall out. Oh, my God. Um, I, yeah. You got to short the tranches. Oh, my God, the tranches. <laughs> um, so... Wait, 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 wait. I, I've, I've been talking all about tranches, right? Stonks. <laughs> ah, good old stonks. <laughs> We we live in such a weird world, man. What is even <laughs> what is even happening? What is even happening? The future is dumb, dude. It, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's all been dumb, honestly. The past, the present, the future, all of it. It was always that was also bare naked lady song, sir. I appreciate that. It's all been dumb. It's all been dumb. Do do do. All right, so that will bring us to our last segment for our review, which is. The actor audit. Oh shit, son! I forgot all about that one. Let me find out. I have it right here. 
Right, as Mr. Sunday's movies would say, it's the scariest time of the year, and of course, we're talking about tax season. Allergy season. Oh, oh allergies. That's good too. That's in Texas. That's a real thing. Yeah, uh, I haven't been able to breathe properly for like a month, so that's great. <laughs> uh, I can't hear it in my right ear. It's just it's ooh, you gotta love it. It's a whole like, why am I here? Why am I here? It's it's <laughs> miserable. Um, so. Uh, actor audit is where we take a character from the, the film that we're reviewing and we think, hmm, what if they fired that actor? Uh, and then and what if we came up with different casting opportunities, like different ideas for who could play whatever? And so because, as I mentioned earlier, Emma Furman uh, was replaced by Catherine Newton, we decided to take the character of Cassie Lang, precocious Cassie Lang, and recaster now chris do you want to go first or do you want me to go first how do we do this Ooh, uh man uh i don't know Can, give me a rating right now like one to five how and five being like the weirdest like this is bad country how how weird are your picks my picks are no they're not very weird they're not okay. they're not very weird um i would say they're 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 not that weird i i'm, I'm sitting at like a 2.5 maybe like these these picks aren't bad i don't think um i'll go first if you don't mind okay yeah. um yeah so first up all right we got rid of uh catherine newton uh because she had already allegiances to general mills fig newton tie-in can't make it happen um all right i got this actress i was gonna she, say it's because she spells her catherine with a k-a-t-h-r-y-n <laughs> like a sociopath <laughs> With a Y and two N's, but not what you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, no. This actor hitting super hard right now. Uh, you knew her from a previous prestige TV franchise. She's now killing it in another prestige TV franchise for the same company. Uh, it's Bella Ramsey uh, as uh, Scott's daughter, who I definitely Cassie know. Lang. Cassie Lang. Cass Cassie Lang. Yeah, Bella Ramsey. Okay, Bella Ramsey. All right. Uh, what is what is so? What is she in before? You said she she's Game of Thrones. Me. She's a little Mormont. Oh yeah, and she's, uh, in a, she's currently Ellie from The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Yeah, a lot of lot of rave reviews on both parts. Yes, sir. Um, and I really need to get through that Last of Us. I only still need to finish that first episode. I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing? It, I mean, I know what you're doing. You're postponing like the existential dread that it comes from the first <sighs> and the second episode. That's probably it, it's a lot. Dude, that first 30 minutes of the first episode was a lot. I, I, Same, though. I just don't even know if I have it in me to watch it right now. I, seriously, <laughs> I don't know. I know it's good. I know it's well done, but like... It's very good, yeah. Some stories, man. I just... I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I think that's I think that's a perfect choice. She's... she's A little, um, little bit undersized, but I mean, for an ant family, right? You, hey, yeah. I mean, she look out I mean, for the small guy. didn't stop like Anna Kendrick, so, you know... <laughs> By the way, younger Anna Kendrick would be my first choice if if she were not thirty or five or however old she is. Scott Pilgrim, Anna Kendrick, sure. Yeah, I think she'd be great. So my first choice uh, is also from a, a TV show uh, where she's gotten a lot of, uh, I, I would say, good buzz and mostly positive review, and that would be Peyton List from Covert High. Oh, okay. Okay, she plays uh, the villain character, the villainous character. I'm trying to think of the character's name right now. It's slipping my mind. Johnny. It's, yeah, it's Johnny. Um, sweep the leg. 
Put him in the body bag. Uh, yeah! <laughs> that was nice. That was good, yeah. Uh, Painless, though, she's she's good. I actually have brought her up before because I think uh, there's potential there for her to be a live-action Gwen. Oh, yeah, I see um, it. It's, it's, it's entirely possible. Um, again, I don't know when and if or where they were, are going to ever do a live action Gwen, uh, but you could, you could, you could do worse than painless. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, okay. she's got a lot of good physicality mm-hmm. and, um, she's, you know, she's shown a pretty good range of acting ability, a little over dramatic at times, but you know, that's what Cobra Kai is. So, All right. um, what, what's your well, second one to tag him on that? If you want drama. If you want acting ability, yeah, let's stay in this HBO lane, okay, and tap prestige. Sydney Sweeney. Sydney Sweeney, okay. Can you from Euphoria? Oh, from okay. White Lotus season one. I have not seen White Lotus. Uh, oh, I, I am I am familiar with Euphoria as well. Um, okay, what made you decide on her? Uh, it may, I uh, it clicked in here that it would make everybody super like. Uh, weirded out a little bit just because <laughs> if you see white lotus if she brings that energy uh which is kind of like uh the really detached uh, uh zoomer kind of like everything's ironic and like all oh, my parents are dumb like if you bring that level of like teenager angst and bullshit then like oh <laughs> you have to write to this actor's ability so it imp- immediately improves the script i think if you it have has to. to is what you're saying okay yeah okay uh, again, not familiar with White Lotus, but I believe you. Um, sounds like an inspired choice. I'll go ahead and go with Snake in the Grass in that episode, in that series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, true believers, go check out White Lotus. Is that on HBO? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, I got another one. This is. Yeah. Um, all right. Is this your third? This is my second. Second. Uh, I'm gonna go with, and I saw her recently. Kind of funny. I saw her in two movies, kind of almost back to back. They were very. I think I saw both of these movies within like two weeks of each other. Uh, but it is none other than Joey King, who oh, was yeah. in Bullet Train yeah. as the daughter. And then in this, yeah, I think it's a Hulu movie. It's called The Princess, where it's a medieval thing where she's kidnapped and she's in a tower. And she literally has to, it's like a reverse The Raid, basically. Like she's at the top of the tower and has to get to the bottom of the castle right. and fight her way down. It's fucking awesome. It's like John Wick meets the raid, but in medieval times. Fucking is Ratman in this one too? Yeah, she's she's so good in it. She's so again the physicality. Um, like if we're talking about stature, which is Cassie Lang's superhero name mm. in the comics, if we're talking about stature moving forward, uh, no no shots at Catherine Newton because I'm sure she can handle herself and whatever but man joey king she's got a real talent for like um stunts and and fight sequences and stuff uh, are, are you saying she's agile she's agile there we go there we go al pacino what's that movie called the recruit uh, the recruit he's agile oh Ooh, it wasn't donnie brasco nah it was oh, okay the recruit uh with uh, colin farrell um but yeah, Joey King, Bullet Train, and The Princess, I uh, think would have been would have been perfect. Nice. Not bad. I like it. Uh, What's your third? So, uh, my third. This is a character, she would make the Evans list, this actor, uh, because she has already been in a Marvel property. Oh. Uh, 
speaking of Hulu, um, she was on Hulu as well. Um, yeah, it didn't. It, it was all right. It, it was great. It was near and dear to my heart. But uh, it, it it was it was for the Zoomers. I think it wasn't for me. Uh, it was Runaways, and the actor I'm bringing to uh, Casey Lang is none other than uh, Fancy Gert herself, Ariella Bearer. Oh, Aria Beller, who man, that's good. Yeah, that's really yeah, I good. Fancy Gert, man. Fancy Gert again. She can do the teenage thing, no, no problem. She can kind of like, uh, she's got the like the Daria vibes if you want. Mm-hmm. She get the Fancy Gert vibes if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another actor just elevates the script. You got to write to this actor's ability. Yeah. Uh, you you want to see somebody else make the Evans list, right? I don't know. My, I'm trying to search the memory banks, but I don't know if a woman's ever made the Evans list. We'll have to check. Um, okay, well, let's, you know what? Here we go. Putting it in the notes. Yeah. Did a woman make the Evans list? We will figure that out in a nice. future episode. Um <laughs> I think that's inspired. I, I love it. Uh, of course, I'm a huge fan of Ariella. Um, she actually has a band as well. Yeah. She's in a band. I can't, I'm trying to think of their names. I follow them on Bandcamp. <laughs> it's like the Heartbreakers or the Hotel something. Hotel. But if you look her up on Google or whatever, it, I'm sure her band will pop up. But it's like real like kind of indie surf rock with a little bit of like Pixies. Mixed in a little bit of Blondie. It's, it's I think I have show. it here. Is it the Lovins? The Lovins. That's what it was. The Lovins has made me think it was like a hotel. Yeah, Lovins. Yeah. Uh, pretty good band. Check them out. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's great. I, I everyone could use more fancy Gert. That's all. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Um, all right. So my last pick, I was more leaning into the precociousness, um, that whole thing, that whole vibe, and it's actually another alum from Cobra Kai. It's Mary Mauser. Who okay. plays Sam? Uh, Sam, um, whatever his name is. What's the Larusso? Sam Larusso, uh, and she again has the physicality. Again, I'm kind of thinking like not just for this movie, but like moving forward, like you know, because they're gonna make him make her stature. You know, maybe you're gonna need more fight sequences and stuff like that. So I think Mary Mauser would be really good. She's also very really amazing at uh, wholesome and being sweet and like adorable. So yeah. Mary Mauser. Interesting. We didn't go for like off the wall pick. I, that's on me. Maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, I promised you I wasn't going to do Jared Leto. So, you know, <laughs> that's, I set the precedent there, but yeah, no. Um, usually we'll throw a, a, a real zinger in there at least one. Um, but all right. With that being said, we are. Uh, what would you recommend, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, to people? This is the most conflicted I've been about recommending an MCU property. Uh, I think I have to say, yeah. Like, um, but don't feel bad about taking a pee break whenever you want. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. Don't worry about missing anything. Yeah. Um. Because nothing is so good or important that you're going to feel like you missed out. Um, which says a lot about the movie. Again, the idea, is it just a prelude? Like, is it necessary? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but Modoc, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> don't miss the Modoc reveal. I guess is the one thing. Don't miss the Modoc reveal. Um, it's after Cassie and and Scott reunite with the um, Rebellion Force. Uh, just in case anybody is going to watch it and is listening to this, they don't want to miss that scene with Modoc when he first shows up. That's where he shows up. <laughs> uh, my God, though, Corey Stoll, MVP of the fucking <laughs> movie, just the whole easily. Like, it's weird. I, I, you know, I did like the movie, but like, if you took him out of it, if you took the Modoc character out of it, man, I just oh, we didn't even talk about Jonathan Majors. He's great. I mean, I mean we, we talked to him a little bit in Excelsior. He's he's really good. It speaks for itself, really. And it's kind of I was kind of okay with that. I was aware of that too. But um, yeah, it, he's really the reason you go see it just to get a feel of like who this like it, he definitely could step into the Thanos' boots like as the next big bad, right? Yeah. It's just we're getting a lot of hard exposition for it right now. Yeah, we really I need I need better writing. I yeah. really need better writing. The slow burn that Thanos had all the way up to Avengers was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And my concern is this. Um, let's talk about the let's talk about the post credit sequences real quick. Sure. So um, the the first one we get, we see. Oh, my God, dude. This is another thing that I was really excited for, even though it looked like it was from a fucking Power Rangers movie. Um, we saw uh, Emotus. Uh, oh, yeah. And um, Roma Tut. <laughs> Ramatut. <laughs> we saw Ramatut, man. I fucking love Ramatut. Ramatut is this goofy ass character in the Marvel comics that like retroactively is a Kang. It's real weird. Um <laughs> Kang's whole situation is super complicated. I'm never gonna try to explain it. If anybody really cares, just look on the internet and good luck. Um it's 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 insane. His whole thing is insane. But um but we we see that the the Three kings are together, conspiring, talking about the maybe demise of King the Conqueror, which is the main king that we see in Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But they they start talking about you know they one of them called the kings together, and they said how many, and he says all of them, <laughs> and then it pans out to a literal like stadium. <laughs> And it's just, it's like, no joke, it's literally the panel of a comic book. Yeah. For the Council of Kangs. Like, that's, it's almost like, it's almost like drawing, like, one-to-one of the drawing. It's really wild. They they did an amazing job with that. But you just see, like, a million Kangs just everywhere. All different kinds of Kangs. Um, but this is what begs the question for me. I hope they're not going to do this. I'm very concerned that they are, and I really hope that they're not. I don't want King to be the villain for every Marvel movie mm-hmm. for the next five years, uh, a different King or whatever. Dude. That's an idea, and I get on paper how you might think that's cool. Don't do that. No. Yeah. I really hope they're not fucking going to do that, because if they do that, we're going to get real worn out of this whole thing super fast. Talk don't, about that looting the property, yeah. Don't what are we do doing? that. God, I hope they don't do that. And what concerns me is that we the second post credits thing is a little clip from Loki season two. Uh, we get to see Loki and uh, Mobius. It's great. They they look great, and they're like in I don't know eighteen nineties or like nineteen tens. It looks like they're in a 
of the fucking Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a, they're fucking in a deleted scene from the the Prestige. Like, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, we see that Kang, and now we know Kang is going to be an important character in the Loki season, season two. That's okay. But like, don't also make Loki the main villain antagonist in, let's say, Fantastic Four or the Marvels or whatever else they're going to be coming out with. Like, mm. don't make Kang everything all the time, everywhere all at once. Like, don't don't do that. Um, I'm really concerned that they're going to do that. I hope they don't do that. The other thing is, so like, I'm telegraphing this really far, but yeah. we already know there's going to be two Avengers movies: Avengers. Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. Uh-huh. They're already showing us this giant stadium full of Kangs. My problem and my concern is if they're going to do this super big crossover where, like, let's say all these different variants of all these, these different heroes and villains come together to fight against all of these Kangs, is that just what it's going to be? We're just going to see. Like basically end game, but instead of Thanos and an army, it's Kang and a bunch it's of Kang. Kangs. Ah, dude. Huh? Oh man. That I don't want that. that. Me out so hard. I don't want that. I don't want that. And it's just like, oh, is that what they're gonna do? Because that makes what? Kang seem kinda weak if if like no offense to you know, Sam Wilson Captain America. But if he one shots a Kang or something, I'm gonna be like, Well, what the fuck? What is this? That, yeah. For sure, that that goes back to the like what kind of bummy about bummy out about the like, the one offs for Luke Luke Han and Leia. It's like this we've already seen this. Why why would you do this again? <laughs> we've already yeah. seen this. Please do new things. Yeah. So I'm really hoping I'm wrong. I really really hope that I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I am a little concerned. Um, any other final thoughts on Ant Man Wasp Quantum Mania? Uh. Yeah, not that. Hmm. I I, I kind of wish it did like not resolve that anxiety spiral that Scott had there. Right. And that would have been cool. Yeah, I would like that. I like that too. I had the same idea. That's funny. Great minds, I guess. But like, I literally <laughs> had the same idea. I was like, oh, they should have ended it on the anxiety. Yeah. Part because then that makes you think like, oh, wait, wait, what? Yeah, right. It might have like had purpose, <laughs> right? Like, and like, all you have to do is cut out a little bit more of the film, like, just yeah. just end it at a different point. Um, so again, right there, right there for us. But it is what it is. Again, like I said, I'm happy to recommend the film, especially for Modoc alone. But I do understand why some people hate it. Like some people hate Modoc. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I not I don't agree with them, but I get it. I get why they wouldn't like that. I get why they wouldn't like the ish special effects at times um oh it was kind of neat seeing bill murray and michael douglas in a scene together oh they were yeah like, just like huh have they ever been in a movie together i don't think so huh. that's kind of cool it's really weird that bill murray was in this movie <laughs> he really wanted to be in it apparently like he wanted to be in <laughs> wow. it they were like, all right okay secure the bag i guess yeah uh but yeah all right. With that, let's uh, let's move off to the last segment of the show. Big Wheel winner of the week. No, you can pray for love to give you fire. Oh, Jeremy. Um, have we heard anything on Jeremy? Is he doing any better? Uh, 
Uh, I think, yeah, he, he's doing all right. Um, I saw some headline. I didn't really click on it. Uh, he, he's doing fine. Okay. I haven't heard any bad news, so I'm going to assume right. that he's doing at least a little better. Uh, we'll try to have a better update for the next step. But, uh, yeah, well, Big Wheel uh, is where we – it's just – what do you always say, Chris? It's when you're doing you're – The most. The most but the least. But accomplishing the least, yeah. Accomplishing the least, yeah. Uh, which is man, there are so many. Just if we're talking about just the world in general, oh my god, endless list, <laughs> endless fucking list for this thing. Um, so I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna. Let, I want. So normally I just like say a thing, or sometimes we talk about it beforehand. Uh-huh. But Chris, I'm gonna give you an option here. Uh oh. You tell me which mm-hmm. is the more egregious thing, which is the more um, earnest winner of the big wheel for this episode. Is yeah. it in the red corner? Is it Warner Brothers games and them just like going, oh, Marvel failed with that Avengers game. Let's do that exact same thing um, <laughs> with their Justice League uh, Suicide Squad game? Or is it Marvel Studios for literally sabotaging their own film to <laughs> help another one of their own films? Like, <laughs> Which which of those two is the more juicy apple in the big wheel run? Oh, it, it's definitely Marvel. Like <laughs> <laughs> you can fix the video game. Like I said, you can patches are a thing. You can change up a game strategy after its launch, whatever. Yeah. This is done. They <laughs> they've left their mistake for everybody to experience in cinemas. Uh yeah, man. It's it, it's kind of baffling. It's um I don't know. I, I guess it solidifies my metaphor I'm going to use for that upcoming... Uh, I, this was already a take I was going to try to put on this episode, but now that you mentioned we're going to do that Marvel in-depth, kind of like, what the fuck's happening? I'll save it for that. But um, yeah, it, it's... They really are, I don't know, suffering from, like, we have just release dates. We need to meet those release dates. We need to make a billion dollars because the mouse... Oh, um, it, it's, it's crazy. They're putting themselves under a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. and they're making bad decisions now. Yep. What do we always talk about? We always talk about how it's wild, especially in the Russo's era, mm-hmm. how they just seem to make the right choice every fucking time. Like, it's wild. It's it's so unheard of. It's almost impossible to do that. Like, it just is. Just in your day-to-day life, you're going to make the wrong choice mm-hmm. uh, on accident. Like, it just happens all the time. So, like, it was so weird that for, like, a really long time, they just, they didn't. They didn't make any bad choices. It was like, how are you doing this? Ah, but, like, we're regressing to the mean now. Like, and it's, it's like, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell. Like, is this concerning or is this just normal, you know? It's concerning for me just because they're not going to learn any financial lessons. Right, because it's still making so much money. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, you're right. That sucks. Yeah, no, I don't like that. Um, yeah, you have to vote with your dollar. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> that's rough. Uh, well, it, we are going to talk about this. I really think we're going to maybe devote even the next episode just to this very topic. Uh, yep. Like, what is the state of Marvel Studios and the MCU? How did we get here? And where, where are we going? Um, but uh, it does seem like they are, like Kevin and company are, at least now after this, starting to re 
um, visualize what they might want to do, rethink what they're going to do, because it's like they're, it seems like they're taking some of the TV projects off the table. Oh yeah, yeah, they've and, already and, moved and Marvels moving, around. They move the Marvels to the end of the year. Yeah. Um. So it's it, you know what I mean? Like maybe they actually are paying attention. It's maybe this. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard <laughs> to think that any company that's already making billions of dollars doing exactly what they're doing is going to have any need or reason to change. Um, so yeah, I definitely get that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. We're definitely into tech. It's great. I'm really happy that this is actually the last thing we're talking about in this episode, because we are going to talk about all of this in depth. Obviously you and I both have a lot of thoughts mm-hmm. um, about, you know, again, how we got here, you know, and where, where we are now and then where the Marvel cinematic universe is going into the future. Uh, but with all of that, I do want to thank all the listeners out there who take the time to stream our little podcast here or download it, share it with your friends, let everybody know. You don't have to be like a diehard comic fan to listen to the pod. As as you can tell, we go on a lot of tangents. You might be a DMX fan and get surprised <laughs> by random shit that I'll say or that Chris will say. Um and so, uh, but we do appreciate you listening and sharing it with your with your friends and loved ones. Uh, we appreciate any and all reviews, five stars, please, if you have the ability to do so. That really does help us out a lot. We were able to gain in our audience in 2022, but we would, of course, love to continue to see that climb in 2023 as well. And with that, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Don't forget, I'm a fan of comics myself. (laughs) This is your fault. Stomps. Stomps.